Welcome to the Nat and Sarah Show, where we aim to touch, move, and inspire you every single week. Really? We're really going to introduce our own show? Maybe we should leave it to the pro. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. One second, ladies. Here we go. Sarah Maxwell and Natalie Cook are experts in visualization and deliberate use of the law of attraction. As dynamic world athletes representing Canada and Australia in beach volleyball, they honed in on achievement at the highest level. Winning an Olympic gold medal on her home beach of Bondi is a pinnacle example. Their powerful techniques transmute the spiritual to the tangible, allowing thousands of their community members to bring their vision boards to life. Recently, they've taken their expertise on the road as the full-time family, where they inspire, coach, and lead people to create their unique, deliberate family life using a simplified three-step process. Welcome to the Nat and Sarah Show. Join us for twice-weekly episodes. Each week, Nat and Sarah will teach us how to deliberately create results in all areas of life using their unique three-step process. Not only that, they'll also sit down with some of their favorite high achievers who have manifested what most merely dream about. Are you a member of the community? Go to bit.ly slash the Nat and Sarah show to download your three-step journal to follow along with each workshop style teaching episode and get ready to take action on your inspirations. Today, we continue the conversation with a conscious entrepreneur, Carrie Lynn Owen, who is elevating health, wealth, and well-being in families around the world. In 2008, she was the owner and creative designer at Class and Design, with two kids under three and a husband accumulating air miles on the corporate treadmill. Something had to change as the pace was unmanageable. So she decided to upgrade her health and in the process, step through a doorway with it that would forever shift the family's purpose. With their now teenage kids in tow, they travel the world lighting up other families to rewrite their futures with their To Elevate Leadership Company. We get a special opportunity today to focus in on what creates a dynamic and contributing family in the landscape of the 21st century. Many parents are desperate to know, like, how does one raise teenagers who are engaged and making an impact in life? We not only have Carrie Lynn to chat with us, but her 16-year-old daughter Mackenzie to shed light from her perspective, which is very rare because us moms have lots of ideas. But when we ask our daughters, sometimes it sounds a little bit different. So very brave of these two and leading a massive team of hundreds of thousands in the profession of network marketing, this family inspires others to what's possible. They're just being them. But I don't believe that it's the financial freedom they maintain that really inspires people, but more so the presence and care they exude as a family unit. So welcome to the Nat and Sarah show, you two. Our mama, first ever mama-daughter duo. So Carrie Lynn and Mackenzie, I really appreciate you both allowing, you know, allowing us a snapshot into your life, the journey. Look, we couldn't even press the record button, everybody, literally. Like, <laughs> mama was like saying to her daughter, Mackenzie, stop, stop. We have to start this thing. So they've agreed to not interrupt each other. It could be hard. We've, we've agreed on that. So you guys, thank you so much for being here. It's awesome. 
Sarah, thanks for having us. And, and yeah, we'll see where this goes. We've never done a call together either, let alone while our conversations. Yeah, we'll see where they go. But I'm, we're so honored that you asked and we're just so happy to be here. So, and Kenzie, thanks for actually being a great sport and being along with us too. I really appreciate you being here. I don't mind if I do that. <laughs> okay, so Mackenzie, you don't get the first question. So you get to sit tight and listen to mom. And you okay. can write notes. If mom says anything that's untrue, you can um, rebut later. But um, this is Mackenzie's first ever podcast. So I feel, I'm feeling really great about that. She is our three-year-old daughter's girl mentor. So I'm feeling really honored. So Carrie Lynn, can we start with you, mama? I want to know, many families look up to you guys. And you know, you've been able to create a powerful unit of four. But was it always like this? She's already laughing. Oh, you know what, Sarah? I mean, we, we talked about it before, but we just, um, when Sean and I decided that we wanted to have a family, we really had, um, well, he always calls me the dreamer, the fairy tale. Like I had this little fairy tale of what I thought it was all going to be like. And, and I really, really believe that to be true. And I don't know, Kenzie and I were talking about it the other day. I don't know exactly where this imagery came from because it wasn't my upbringing and my life. But how did I get that image of what I thought, um, you know, raising a family and having kids was going to be like? I don't know. But it was crystal clear to me that it would, it would just be, it would be, yeah, idyllic. It would just be amazing, beautiful, harmony everything would just be in flow and it would just, you know, it would just, you met, you wave your magic wand and it would just like, it would look great. It would feel great all the time and be inspirational and, you know, on and on. And um, yeah. And so there was, there was a bit of a rude awakening. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so that's not what it's going to be like for me. Oh, oh, you know what? Like, yes, it is. I mean, the, we're going to go through all of that, but I just, I needed to know. And I wish somebody told me, um, you know, that book, what to expect when you're expecting. Well, I wanted the later years and I wanted like, as a parent, what can I, what can I, um, what's realistic and also maybe not always listening to other people of what it is right for them and, and what works for them. Because what I've learned over the years is that, um, there isn't really a right and wrong. Like we just, we get to figure it out and each family unit is dynamic and everybody has their personalities and everybody has their points of views. And I think it's just, how do we find ways to work together like a machine so that all the parts are functioning to the best of their ability efficiently, mm -hmm. but more than a machine because we want joy and happiness. And so, you know, for my ideals early on of what I, my expectation, and I was so attached to what I thought it should look like and what a functioning family should look like, um, you know, I started feeling bad because we weren't measuring up in, in my mind. And there's a sign I saw, uh, Kenzie's going to laugh because this will be the first of my quotes from probably 10 more. <laughs> so, so what's her nickname, Mackenzie? We'll allow Quotini. you to... Okay, Quotini, bring it on. Well, we put the dis and dysfunction, right, for family, because uh, <laughs> um, I just, it's so, and it's not, like, we don't. What I realized is that this, it is a beautiful, um, it is a beautiful family because of its diversity, but because I was so attached to, you know, somehow a messaging 
of what I thought was. And, and as I was reflecting back, I realized that there was a lot, um, a lot of influencers that, and messaging that was coming in to me that I was listening to, but I didn't understand. Oh, I, I didn't question and I didn't know if it measured up with my belief or if this was something I just adopted and, and, you know, I should just accept. So what we learned and as, especially as the kids were growing and becoming more expressive and becoming um, with their own thoughts and perspective, which is what we always want. Mm -hmm. um, I was feeling challenged on many of my, my beliefs and many of what I, how I was raising the family. So it was really hard in the beginning of, you know, just to answer the question, it was, you know, it wasn't always easy because I just, I thought if, you know, if everybody just agreed to this, <laughs> life would be good. However, can you imagine, like, can you imagine that was just, that was just the wrong direction for me to think that that could even be healthy. So what I've learned is that as we're growing and these amazing kids have been our greatest teachers in our life, they their, their points of view and how they see the world and it's given us and our family um, new perspective new ideas and something to you know to grasp and wrap our wrap our thoughts around and then challenge our beliefs and see we could really check back and measure in as to you know is it something that yeah does it resonate does it not and it's okay if it doesn't as well mm -hmm. so that's a long answer of I just yeah, I, I think that, yeah, it's just, it can be anything and it's still, we are still in the midst of this. So we're still learning, sure. growing. we were all, we will always be learning and growing. This is just one, the next chapter. And I want people to really get that, like you both allowing us all in to where you're at now, like things are in flux. You said it, dynamic, family dynamic. So this thing is moving, it's shifting. Like if, I had pressed the record button earlier. You guys would have laughed because you're like, this is my house, which is great. So I'm appreciating it big time. This is a little self-serving talking to you too. Cause I want to, I want to grow. I want to see my own expectations and I'm going, Oh no, Jordan's not going to believe everything I believe. Uh oh, so, you know, the little worry comes is creeping up, but, um, but I love it actually, because there's a sort of um, appreciation for, it being the way it is. So I love the word dynamic. I'm already all over that, Carrie Lynn. So Mackenzie, if all 16 year olds had to sit there and listen to their mom for that many minutes, they, that was impressive. So your turn. So can you remember Mackenzie at what age you created your very first vision board? I think I was around like eight, maybe I made, I made one when I was, yeah, probably around eight. And then I made a whole bunch and then I think I had a birthday party and I had a whole bunch of people make vision boards. I had like 12 friends make vision boards there. And then, yeah, we all just kind of did that. And I remember their stuff was like a strawberry plant. So I, would all, I remember, I think we're pretty young because it was like all they wanted in life was to grow like a strawberry plant. And so it was stuff like that. And then it just kind of, I remember up to like grade seven and then I haven't made one like lately. I have Ooh, I think the last interesting. Yeah, in like grade seven. So how did you explain? So when you were talking to your friends at the party about yeah. vision boards, how did you explain what a vision board is? I can't remember because I was really young, but I know was, I remember they were asking like, what's a vision board? And I was like, 
it was just like what they wanted to do, what they wanted in the future, what they like, if they could have anything, what would they want? Like if they could have anything in the whole world and then what would they want and put it on there? And then I think I remember them actually being kind of excited for it. <laughs> they made it. And then, yeah. So. And how did, what do you think about, so if you can imagine back then, so maybe not even eight, but even potentially 12 years old, did you believe that whatever you put on there would come into reality? Well, yeah, that's what, like, if both your parents are, like, constantly repeating that in your mind, of course you're going to believe that. So that was kind of just a practice we had in our house that I adopted and just believed, like, deeply. So, I'd, of course, I'd, like, I remember I was a little bit, like, obsessive over it, too. Like, I'd look and I'd be like, I want this, I want this, I want this. And I'd, like, look at that one thing on there. Okay. And, um and then like, as I got older, it was more of like, yeah, just like it's there to see. It's a reminder of what you want. It's like it was less like it has to happen because it's on there. It was less of like an attachment like that. It was more of like a goal setting. It was more of like rem- like a reminder that this is – and sometimes you grew out of your goals and you realize that I don't want this anymore. Like this isn't what I want. So it was just a reminder of like where you were at one point. Like I look back and I have one in my room and it was like, from I think when I was in like grade five or six and it's still in there and I'm looking and I'm like wow like there's a pair of like waterproof crocs in there and I was like nice it was like very important it was like grew out of that one and then it was like I remember there was a whole bunch of pictures of like cartoon people working out and I was like I know I remember my mom always saying like you weren't like someone who was motivated to work out or motivated to go on runs you hated it like you didn't want to do it and I remember that too like I didn't but yet on my vision board I have a whole bunch of pictures of people like being active but at that yeah right so did you you just mentioned that you haven't done one for a while what do you think that's about I don't know I feel like I just like this kind of like an excuse but I just haven't had the time really I've been like really busy with like school and all that so but I do constantly like still envision like what I want I think about it a lot like I want like what I want in post-secondary like honestly I'll be laying in bed like about to go to sleep and then that's when like all my thoughts are just like I go to sleep to like what I want in the future like and then I think and if me and my best friend are like talking like that's also like an outlet kind of like a mental vision board like we always talk about like because she's on my team too for volleyball. And of course, that's a humongous like goal for me is like a future with volleyball is we'll talk like we'll talk endlessly about just like our goals and our dreams and like what we want. Like we'll be down on the water, like at our dock and we'll just like, like the sun will be setting. We'll have like music in the background. And that's like a big way that I express, like both of us express what we want. And we have like an outlet for each other for our goals. So it's like, I think it's just moved a little bit off the board and more like into like, my life and like how I talk and like how I think and like it's like in here more which gosh that's so cool yeah (laughs) I don't know it's just like I think that's how I feel Mackenzie I think that's really really poignant what you're saying it's just who you are but the fact that to me the the board is almost like when you're starting a new habit it's like you're not even used to working like that and when you told your friends they were like what and now to hear that you don't even put the board because it's just who you are is Carolyn, you must be like inside dancing because that's very cool. Um, So like Carolyn, as parents, do you and Sean have guiding principles? Like do you have maybe not on a board or anything like that, but are there things that you guys 
are guided by when you're parenting, when you're doing business? Like what are some of the things that lead you both? Um, yeah, I just, uh, and they probably evolve and evolve over time, but, um, I'm, first of all, I am excited to hear Kenzie, uh, express that because I don't always know, uh, I'm not a part of those conversations. So I, th I just, am really happy to hear that that's, um, that piece about dreaming, um, and expressing it and just incorporating that. And I know she's very, um, she's very expressive, so creative and expressive. So it's, uh, it doesn't surprise me that she'd be down by the dock, listening to music, watching a sunset. And that's like building that, that picture in your mind, but um, having that experience with that. So I just, I cherish that. I think that's incredible. And if you can, uh, and you're just, you know, to be able to find a friend that you can share that experience with is, I mean, it's beautiful. And I mean, Sean and I, we, that's what we do for one another. And I'm listening. So here's where we get to learn and grow. So I get to listen to Mackenzie and I'm like, and your question to her, why didn't I, why don't I have a vision board that's updated? Because I see mine is old. And am I having current conversations? Because I know, yes, I know, but I've, what they are. And I know that we have them, but I do feel that they've been rushed. Mm. And so am I taking the time in my life in these days to be able to really visualize and experience and, and take time for the thoughts and that the dreams as well. So I'm seeing that, oh, Kenzie's doing that. I should probably, <laughs> it's a reminder for me to also revisit that and to take the time and do that more. So yeah, I love that. So thanks for that. Um, but, you know, guiding principles, um, you know, for us, well, I'll just say we used to have um, uh, family rules, a big sign when you walked in our front room actually um you might have seen it from oh no I don't know if you have seen it actually it wasn't at the other house but I, I saw this at a shop one day and I thought oh it speaks to me it has everything on there that I just I love like it talks about forgiveness and um talks about love and it talks about hugs and all of these things and I just remember um and then one of them was listen to your parents, of course, that was on there and, and things like that. But <clears throat> one day it was when Kenzie and I, we had a huge blowout and I didn't, and, and she really, I guess she, she schooled me on how she was so annoyed with me and how I keep using quotes in my conversations. So everything comes back to a quote. And when she pointed that out, I had to laugh at myself because it's so true. I've been on such a journey and I've been inspired by so many different quotes that I would, you know, use a quote and I quote her to death. And so some of these um, guiding principles or values that I really cherished, I mean, I would put them all up around my house and I would everywhere just outside her bedroom door and I would like post them everywhere. And after this blowout, I, I feel like I, that was a huge moment for me thinking, those are my guiding principles, but I didn't ask anybody else what those were. I was, I felt like then I was imposing them. And so I went on a big rampage and I took every one of them off my walls in my house. And I put them all in my office where I could see them because they're my, they're like, they're inspirational to me, but I only assumed that they would be inspirational to other people. And it actually shut down a big part of me from wanting to share, um, 
for some time, I had to figure out how is my message being so misunderstood or how is it causing damage when I feel like I was just trying to uplift people. Mm-hmm. And so, and if I, mom, if I could like, oh yeah, she's coming in. I'm coming in. I just want to say like, I remember that. And I remember dad being super upset and he goes, do you even realize what your mom just did? And it was two and a half weeks, I think after. And we still, me and Christian still hadn't noticed that the quotes had been taken down. We hadn't even known that they, that they were moved. And he's like, like, you got to appreciate your mom for all that she does and that you don't see, like, that's a part of her that you guys took away. And I felt really bad that I didn't even realize that all her, all her like loved quotes have just been like torn off the walls. And I like me and my brother just like, like this. Cause we just, in the first place, we barely even looked at them anyways. So it was just like, that was a weird, I think I remember that being like a realization because my, like my dad was actually really upset about it. Like he was like hurt mm-hmm. for her. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Eh? Well, and I just, um, you know, in the end, I just, just, I think that was a great, it was a defining moment. So it, it just allowed me an opportunity to really have a look and maybe be more open. And what, what, what does everyone want? What are their principles as well? So as a family unit, if we want to function together, I can't just hang something in the wall and, and impose it. Like, I just I want to know. So if I didn't know that it didn't resonate for these guys, I just, you know, because yeah, all of a sudden they're growing older and they're getting their own appreciation, their own points of view. And, and I, I wasn't asking. So I just felt like I was a parent telling. And so it was a big, it was crushing for me. But then on the flip side of that, I just think there, there is no fail. I think there's just a learn. And that was, you know, so for me, the bottom line and for, I think I can say Ken's in our family, like a, a quote that I do love that, you know, if we took all the rules away and just at the, the end of the day is what would love do? Um, what would love do just kind of answers a lot because when I could be heated or in the moment, it might not be the best time to address things, but when I go away and have time to reflect, I can come to that place of what would love do. And if I were to come from a place of that, as opposed to anger, more understanding, because that's all it, for us, it's what it's typically been. It's just that I needed to, I needed to understand. And so instead of tell, and so I could be frustrated for something not working out the way I wanted it to, but at the end, there was a reason. So there's either a breakdown in communication or, or emotions or whatever, but what would love do? And then I, I just um, couldn't help but when I was pouring my coffee this morning and I just happened to have another quote that I wrote on the chalkboard upstairs. <laughs> and it says, um, it's one by, um, by Rumi. <laughs> um, is it true? Is it necessary? And is it kind? So I think if we could have guiding principles and before I speak, I want to ask myself, is it true? Because we want to speak the truth. And then is it necessary or am I just like, you know, I just, yeah, or is it, I don't want it to be, uh, meaning, do you have to say that about somebody? Like, was that really necessary? Was it called for? And then is it kind? At the end of the day, like there, there can be kindness. We can have diversity, um, mm. but is there, is it coming through kindness and the understanding piece, right? So yeah, that's kind of, I would say we've just evolved again to a, Again, not right or wrong. I don't have the answers. That's just what I feel is our right. And I love that it's like in flux. And Carolyn, I think all you need to do is stop telling them it's a quote. 
just <laughs> pretend it's yours. And then she'll never know. She'll be like, wow, mom is like got the wisdom of the ages. Is it true? Is it necessary? Is it, you know? Um, no, but I, I, it was actually cool that Mackenzie spoke up because you did say at the beginning, Carrie Lynn, that you are all, are all the parts functioning? That was really interesting as well because I thought about when you were really sad, then Sean saw that and then the kids are like, oh, wow, mm-hmm. mom, like this is a big thing for mom, you know? And so it's interesting how you're all bouncing off each other and I don't know if that's the right word, but Mackenzie, when you think about for yourself, so we know for your mom, like we got an insight into something that she's going through, you know, even as a mom and the challenges, but what, what challenges you as a teenager? Um, there's like, of course there's a lot. It's like endless and endless. And I think the major one would be like my own emotions. Cause I get, I don't know. I get really hurt by a lot of the times get really by what my parents say and it's not even sometimes it is like what they're saying and it hurts but a lot of the times it's like not their fault because they don't know the attachment that's going on in my life because I don't really like share every detail of my life right like I keep a lot of it just to myself I just like my day-to-day what's going on just kind of hang out like in my own mind um and then I'll come home and we get in a fight and I'm just angry and I'm really really angry a lot and um it's like a lot of the times they are like what am I doing like why I'm, why is she so angry all the time and they say that to me and they go you're always a-. I go I say I'm like I'm pissed off I'm angry and they go when are you not when are you not pissed off and I'm like that like makes me so like mad it makes me mad and then I say it again and they're like wow <laughs> of course and it's just because like I don't want to be known like that so that's a big that's a big thing in my life is because I don't want to be known like she's angry all the time. And that's weird because at school or at sports, I'm not like I'm sometimes in volleyball, of course I'm angry, but like I'm not, people don't see me like as an angry person. And then when I get home, like their vision of me is like always angry because things that they say will trigger like trigger things like inside of me. Like I'll have a fight with, I'll have a fight with a friend or something like that. And then my dad will come home and he'll be angry and he'll say like, he'll say something about, how some of my friends are just like they're they don't respect me or they're like there's something like that like because it's true like some of them some of them are not like they're not being fair they're not being kind and he sees that but for me I see him attacking me like saying like my friends don't care when mm-hmm. talking about like specific people so then I'll get mad at him like I'll get I'll take it out on him which I don't think is fair so that's a big struggle with me and also another one would be like at school, I'm very open with like who I am. I'm not going to hide, like I'm not going to hide behind something. And if they say like Christian knows his thing for me, Christian knows like if he calls me fake, like I'm going to blow up. Like if he calls me, cause like that's what I work hard not to be. Like I work hard not to be a fake person, which is like what a lot of people throw around right now. Like, oh, they're so fake and all that because they're two faced. Like they'll be so nice to someone they'll be so nice to someone and they'll be like, oh my God, like, you know, you're such a good friend of mine. And then they're going to turn around and they're going to talk like crap about you. Like, they're going to be like that. And like, if Christian says that to me, like, it makes me angry because that's what I fight with today is like being myself. Like I express myself in like my own style of clothes even. And like people will go and they'll be like, they'll like make fun of it or like they'll tease it. And like, I don't care. Cause like, that's what, like, I'll wear what I want to wear. Like I'll wear what expresses what I want to feel. And you just like, 
for me, it's fighting with the pressure. Do I want to be just like everybody else or do I want to be myself? And like, the cool thing is that people aren't like being pushed away from me. Like they're actually, a lot of people have become closer to me within the years that I've started to be more and more myself because I'm not afraid to say how I feel. I'm not afraid to dress how I like. I'm not afraid to work hard in school. I'm not afraid to go off in sports like and be like aggressive where a lot of people are like they want to be they want to be put into that box so that they're with everybody else they're a little bit afraid to be outside of it and I was just reading I like I'm going to be like my mom right now and hit them with like a poem but it's like I was just reading a poem in my English class and it was like called subdivisions and it's about like how we walk through and it was like everything seems so one-sided like opinions always provided like in high school and like conform or be cast out like so how I see that is we're all in high school we're all funneled into a certain path we're all funneled into this one way but a lot of people that's not what they want to do that's not how they like how they feel but they feel the need to fit in they feel the need to be with everybody else because that's what's like those are the opinions that have been provided for them since they were young and they're all put into this one box and a lot of people stand outside of that box but they're being like pushed out they're being they're being cast out and I know a girl who just she just blew up because um she's a singer and she just like a video of her just went viral and she has like 45,000 followers now and now because of that she's noticed the shift in her friends they're either supporting her people who didn't support her before like oh my god like oh my god we're so close and all that and like they didn't support her before or her close friends are saying no I don't want to like you don't deserve to be you don't deserve to be famous and like telling her that and I I see that with myself is because it's not like I blew up or anything like that but it's like I've always been since I was younger not afraid really to be myself and I know in grade eight I had like a little blip of just like I want to be narrowed in with everybody else and then I realized like no like I don't I have goals that are bigger than a lot of other people's because like that's what I want to do and I know someone okay was- I have a question about that so you were yeah. in that moment when you were thinking maybe you were going to conform and be yeah. like everybody else what you just said I have goals and things that I want that are more important mm-hmm. like did that come to you all of a sudden did you did something happen like was there a drama or how did no, you make I- that decision I think it was honestly because I made a team I made um the zone team so it's like the best on like the island they play in the bc summer games right and i was playing a year up so i was playing with grade nines when i was in grade eight and i realized like i was with the girls on that team and a lot of them were i knew and i was like kind of scared of them because they're they're also bold in themselves they're also like like one of my closest friends naya she's like she's bold she wants to be herself like she just goes she's she's just does whatever like whatever she wants and that scared me I remember I'd play beach against her and I'd be terrified of her I'd be like oh god we have to play her and then I played on a team with her and it made me realize like I want to have the same thing Mm -hmm. and it like I I, was kind of like another quote like my mom oh my god (laughs) I was like geez this is is Um, recorded just saying another quote is like dream so big that you're uncomfortable telling small-minded people and I agree and I disagree with that because I was uncomfortable like I want to go to a 
Ivy League school in the U.S. and play volleyball. And I was always so uncomfortable telling people that because even my brother was like, you're not going to do that. You're not going to do that. And I was like, uncomfortable telling people. But now I'm like, yeah, yeah, (laughs) I do want to do that. And I'm more open to telling people about that. I'm more open to telling them my goals because I'm hoping that maybe it'll like show other people that they could do that too. And I think that's a big thing in like what I struggle with today is just deciding like day to day, am I going to say what other people want to hear? Am I going to say what I want to say? Like, am I going to say how I feel? And I do that a lot. And a lot of people think it's like weird or like different, but there's a, I have like a strong group of friends that they don't care. Like they, they think the same way. And it's a lot of them aren't like near me, you know, like a lot of, a lot of them are through volleyball. They live down the Island. They live in Vancouver. They live like all around, but like, that's just something that like I work on every day is just how I could express myself being myself. So. (laughs) Well, I mean, you gotta be having some, kind of inner proud moments if, if you're listening Carrie Lynn to your daughter beautiful poetry um I, I feel like what you just answered is really profound because I think there's a lot to be said about mentors like people out there being themselves and how there was your friend that scared you a little bit and then you looked up to her I now believe that you're probably doing that for other people Mackenzie yeah. like you're being bold and I remember in high school to this day, there was a girl and she was bold and I always wanted to be like her. So she was like my one glimmer to not conform. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, in the end, I married that person, like meaning it's not that exact person, but I married that same thing in the end. So, mm-hmm. so these kind of themes, I think, really run through our lives. And I, I hope moms are listening because these are some things that you really want to I think you really want to take from what Mackenzie's sharing is like consistently and constantly being in the conversation because what you're saying, Mackenzie is really um, poignant about peer pressure. I think everybody feels pressure. You work on it every day. I think some kids at your school are probably working on other things every day. Maybe not that. Um, so it's pretty inspiring to hear what you're saying. And I want to not change tax a little bit, but, we're, we're sort of hearing the evolution of Mackenzie. So even though she made fun of her mom for being quotini, ironically, she's got some quotes in her too. So there's some ironies here, actually. But Carrie Lynn, 2017, you know, you pack up your family, you head to Nicaragua to help in a, with a water project over there. And I, wa- I want to backtrack that little bit because there's things that as a family and as parents, you've been embedding. So, you know, why was it important to you to bring the whole family there? Oh, it's, it's such a great question because I just, we've always believed that we wanted to expose our children to many experiences in life. Um, we could tell them about it or we could talk about it or they could read about it, but there's nothing like experiencing it. And it took us a long time to find a place that we wanted to go, um, not because there wasn't a lot of options and a lot of places we could go. But I, I actually did have a bit of fear of where I felt it would be safe to bring my, my family. And you know, ever since they were really little, we had this dream about taking them to a developing country and just 
um, working together alongside with families there and our family meeting other families and just having connection and contribution. And that was just always so important to us. Um, By the time we discovered it was actually going to be Guatemala. It was a place that we decided that we would go. Um, Originally we looked at Africa and different things. And then there was just, I don't know, unsettling within, I think just within me about where to go. So we decided on Guatemala and we were about two weeks out from going to Guatemala and uh, this is just how the universe, I guess, works at, at times. But Sean met um, through a mutual friend. He met a fellow who was doing some work, working on a project in Nicaragua. And that afternoon when they met for coffee, he said, I don't know what you're doing for the rest of the day, but I need you to come home with me, basically, and meet my wife. And I want you to share with her what you're doing. I have goosebumps thinking of it because I remember her. I just got this call from Sean saying, um, you're just never going to believe it, but I want you to meet somebody and he's going to come home later today um, to tell, just to talk more extensively about what he's working on. So we just bought into a vision, something that was so grassroots and it wasn't an established something that had been going on. Like this Guatemala one was going on for 30 years and it was very successful. And so I, I would have felt very safe to bring my family there. And we had other family members extended family members have great experiences there. But we really got behind this grassroots project and we wanted to be a part of that. And we just felt like it was more of a fit for what we're looking for at that time. Um, I had to look on the map where Nicaragua was. I I didn't know anything about it. Um, I just, I met the person behind the project and it was a yes, 100%. So we booked our flights later that day, I think, um, or probably within 24 hours. And it was like, game on and I remember telling the kids like we're we're doing this <laughs> it was like you know we're getting organized and we're bringing things um for donations you know we're getting all of our suitcases packed and everything and I remember being on the plane and just for a moment questioning my parenting like have I made a responsible choice is this safe we're actually on this connecting plane and we started getting close to the land where we could see this developing country and I remember a Christian putting his hand on my shoulder going um <laughs> out the window um is it safe <laughs> and I didn't have the answer I just said well <clears throat> I I don't know like it's supposed to be one of the safer areas in Central America but I really have no idea. I couldn't guarantee him. I couldn't assure him of anything, but I knew that we were there together and that we were gonna have an experience, whatever it looked like. Um, and it was eye opening just from that whole, as the plane lowered down, it, there was silence. I think our kids were looking out the window, we were looking out the window and, and it was like, we're really doing this. Um, and I know Kenzie will probably share later with you, but how impactful of, a trip this really was and I mean we we thought we were going to go there and make a difference but the impact really was the reverse the impact was how they made a difference in our lives Hmm. Um, and yeah it's and I and I'm curious like I really thought about Mackenzie you walking back to school after you've been on that trip what did that feel like I couldn't stop talking about it like it was like 
Uh, it was when I was in grade eight, right, mom? Hello. <laughs> I think she muted herself. So she could was cry. When, was it in grade eight, mom? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, so I was in like grade eight and I remember I had a humanities class, which is like socials and English mixed together and they needed a project that you were passionate about. And I was like, oh, game on, let's go. Like made a whole like PowerPoint about this thing and then I didn't and my teacher was so into it she's like oh my god like we'll have a class presentation you're the only one like who's going to do this because I was the only one who was comfortable actually talking in front of people like actually like public speaking because I didn't really care um so I was like I was so pumped to do it and then she never let me and I was like oh my god (laughs) I just like I was heartbroken I was like I just want to talk about it so then I just I did. Then I just talked about it to my friends. I just talked about it to people. And now still people like I'm in Spanish and people today go, Oh yeah. Did you go to Nicaragua? And I was like, it's like two years later. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I did. It was like, it's just people remember that. And I still like, it's still like whenever I have an opportunity to talk about it, whenever I have an opportunity to present about it or do a project on it, like I will. And I'll express like, it ties in a lot. Like I had to do this year I, in photography, I had to do a project on climate change and do like a whole bunch of things about that and take pictures and all that. And um, it's reminded me of Nicaragua because like the thing that resonated with me was that they're building this village and then in like five years, it's going to be fully submerged and they have to make a whole new village like a couple miles back. And it's just like, keeps happening and that's because of water levels rising so it's just like a lot of teachers now are trying to incorporate like climate change into their projects so it's just like it's a huge thing down there because their landfills are like burning like it's like producing just it's it's terrible like it's like it's just a constant like reminder and I don't think that you could really fully understand and I think that's a lot with the world right now is people are in denial that it's actually a thing like climate change is a thing and that's a huge passion in my life is like because that's the planet that we're being left with and my kids are going to be left with and their kids are going to be left with but people are saying like 16 years before it's or 11 years before it's like irreversible and I don't think people see that because I think the climate change sparked with me when I was down there and I saw firsthand what a lot of people are actually living like because we're just a few percent of the world that's actually fortunate to live in a beautiful place like we do that's actually super like super clean and where we are on Vancouver Island, but even like Vancouver, even all these bigger cities, like they're living, like they're living in the more exposed areas to climate change. And I think my passion for that just sparked down in Nicaragua. Got it. Isn't it cool? Like two years ago and it's still, like you say, coming up in photography class, like it's, it lives in you. And, um, you know, I'm going to be honest, like I could just talk to you guys all day and that's why we did before we started the call. But um, I just, I want to, we're kind of in that, the heart a little bit already, Carrie Lynn. That's why she muted herself, I think. But I'm curious, Carrie Lynn, if you could just share, like what's your dream for your relationship with Mackenzie? Like if you could wave a magic, you know, fairy dust over it and and you know depict what it would look and feel like and maybe you don't want to do that because that was your old way (laughs) but I'm giving you a want so you know what's your dream for your relationship with Mackenzie 
Um, well, that's true. And I'm going to be careful um, mm -hmm. of what I put out there because what I, what I realize is that I just want to be open. And so I don't know what it's going to look like. Um, I know what I thought it should look like before. And then what I've realized is when I let go of that, it's actually better. Cool. It's better than what I could have imagined. And, I, and this has just been recent, um, a letting go. And I think, Kenzie, at our last discussion down by the dock there, you were um, thinking, I don't know, I don't want to say what you were thinking, but I felt you might be thinking that I was giving up. But what it was is like, um, it was a letting go. Of, mm -hmm. I'm okay with whatever it ends up looking like because I can trust that we will have a relationship. Yeah, would it be nice that we could um, be like those best friends and be like, giggly and, and, and lovey-dovey and hanging out. I don't know if that's the you or me. Like, I don't know if you, if I've ever seen you or you've ever seen me be, be that. So I have to stop um, comparing myself to, you know, what other um, mother-daughter relationships can be and um, embrace what ours is. Um, some of the things I value most about you is that your, your boldness and your courage um, that you have to be brave um, but you are, um, you want, you have a, a point of view and a perspective. And I said that that's the thing that before was frustrating me so much is that you could only see it your way. But I also, I believe that your understanding to see both sides of it. Now you're growing in that department, but I also believe that that is what is going to that tenacity and that, um, that, confidence or that boldness is actually what what your gift is and that will be the thing that will set you apart and that's your gift so it's going to allow you to create um your dreams and be the person who you're meant to be and so for as much as i love that in you i didn't like it when it's like when i feel it turns against me but i also know that that's you expressing that so i I just, I love that quality. I see it in you. I see you able to deep down. I see you, um, you dig down deep and I see that resilience coming out in you. So I couldn't, I think what I, what I would love in our relationship, I just, a parent always wants to see their kids happy. Um, I want to see you live with joy in your life. So I want to experience joy, joyful living with you um, and health. I just want to see you nurturing and caring for yourself. And I, will also commit to doing that so that together we get to experience all of life, life's, life's joys and you want to travel. So, you know, we need to be able to be in a place where we can uh, do that together. I just, yeah, I don't know. I just want to keep it open because I don't want to define and restrict what it could be mm. because I think it can be anything we want it to be. Wow. it's beautiful. Yeah. I, I love that Mackenzie saw that girl on the team as bold and that that's the thing that you are Mackenzie. That's so cool. And thank you, Carolyn, for, for like sharing that exactly from your experience. And so Mackenzie, it's totally cool if you change it up too, but I want, I did say you're going to get the last word. So do you have a dream for your relationship with your mom? Mm, yeah. <laughs> I like, I do. I don't know. Like I said earlier in the talk, I was just saying like, I don't share a lot like, or like everything with my mom because 
sometimes, and this might seem like harsh, but I'm like, sometimes I feel like there's just going to be like judgment or there's going to be like, cause she has that magic wand of like, everything needs to be like perfect and all that. So like, that's been kind of engraved in me is like, if I'm not perfect or if I'm not on top of my game, like she's going to be disappointed. So like taking away that feeling, um, and being like, I feel like lately after we had that talk, like we had this, we keep talking about this talk down at the dock, but we had this humongous like blowout and, um, she got, we were just angry because it actually started with me and my brother. Like we were fighting because Christian thought I wasn't grateful for him driving me to school. He thought that I wasn't appreciating him. Um, and then my dad's like, oh yeah, I know she does that all the time. And I was like, okay, come on now. And I was like, cause I guess I show my appreciation like differently. Cause in my heart, I feel like I'm appreciating them. I feel like I'm saying thank you, but my dad's like, you don't realize that your tone and all that. And like that you just, you sound like ungrateful. And I'm like, that frustrates me too, because I'm trying, I'm really trying to be, show my gratitude. I'm trying to show like my affection and all that. Um, but a lot of times they don't see it. So we had this big argument and we had this big fight about how I'm frustrated because I'm trying, like I'm trying my best, but they're trying their best. And we're just in this constant like circle of trying our best, but not feeling enough. And, um, it was going both ways because I had that feeling all the time about me just not being enough for them or me not being a good enough daughter and me not being like smart enough. Cause like, I'm try like I try really hard in school and sometimes I just don't get like the right test mark or something like that. And I feel like I disappointed them or me not good being good enough in volleyball or me not being good enough, like with appreciation. And, but I ha I feel like I'm trying. So it's like frustrating. Cause I feel like I'm just not there, even though I'm working at it. And it was just, we had like, we we're butting heads because they felt the exact same way. And they felt like they were angry because I wasn't appreciating them enough. And I was angry because they weren't appreciating me enough. And we're like, well, well how come we can't figure this out? And my mom gets like angry. So she rips off in a jet ski. And then I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> like she just leaves. And I'm like, great. Well, she just gave up. And I was just like, she's just, she's just gone. Man. She's just ripping, like doing donuts out on the water. And my dad's like, well, we're just looking at each other. My brother left because the conversation was now awkward. And he's like, yeah, I'm out, I'm out. And it was just me and my dad. And we're just thinking like, well, I don't know what I want. Like, I don't know what I want. And my dad's like, well, I don't really know if I have anything. And it was like, we're both like now at a standstill. Like, what do we want? What do we want in our relationship? And I think I came to the conclusion of just being able to like the biggest thing that I want with my mom is to be able to have like a non judgment conversation or just like be able to talk and feel like comfortable or not like feel like I have to always amount to something that's more than who I am because I'm, I'm just trying to like at this age it's a little bit fragile because I'm trying to be myself and I'm trying to do my best at the same time. And sometimes it feels like you have to lose one to be the other, like work, like, work harder. I don't know. My personality is more like, I will work hard if I want something. I'm going to get that thing. I'm going to get it no matter what. But it's tough for me because sometimes the relationship and sometimes what I feel like she wants from me is unobtainable. Like it's just like, as soon as I reach that, there's a whole nother thing. And then I'm not there yet. Okay. So, so the coach in me has to, like, I got to yeah. go there because my, my mind is like, if, 
what is the opposite of non-judgment? Because if I can, I can sense what you're craving. Yeah. Relationship with your mom. We got to end this like, because you're just such a, a shining light for young people and for your relationship. So what's the opposite of non-judgment to you? So what it, what is, or what is, what's another word for that? I find like understanding. Um, yeah. That would be like just, or comfort even like a big thing that I think I'm trying to express with my mom is like why I get angry at her quotes or something like that. It's cause I just want my mom. I just want my mom to talk to me like, and have that comfort, like that understanding and that just like not trying to fix anything, just be there like comforting or having a conversation with me. I think that's like what it comes down to. And I mean like non-judgment is just being able to have like a level conversation with my mom where she doesn't feel like she needs to fix it or she doesn't need to like ask a million questions or needs to like understand the whole thing just understand this moment and understand how I'm feeling and like empathize with me like and yeah beautiful and and you know I feel the emotion with you guys like I think the mother-daughter relationship is one of the most not talked about complex worth talking about relationship ever um because me and my mom are so alike that sometimes my mom reflects the parts of myself that I don't like actually. And so it makes me more mad. And the more she does things that I do, I'm, I get, I can just feel, you know, when you were just saying you get angry when you come home, but nobody else thinks you're angry. Mm-hmm. I was like, Oh wow. I can relate to that. Um, and then you feel like you're some monster at home, but outside everybody thinks you're great. And you're thinking like, what's going on? So I think this, like, I'm just totally in this conversation because you guys are so real. Um, and just from being able to sit outside it, I also wanted to share that, you know, law of attraction always says that like attracts like, and, and our community is about manifesting. So the things that are coming in are the things that we're focusing on. So even though we say non-judgment, that key word, like, and you know this stuff. So yeah. by the way, I had somebody say that to me on Facebook. I wrote something and I thought it was really profound. And they said, yeah, like, are you picking up that word there? So it was kind of like sneaky, like saying non-judgment is kind of like a bit of a sneaky way of saying it, but it's still got that big old judgment word in there. So thank you for saying words like empathize, understanding. I think that that was really clarifying. I don't know a lot of people who could um, kind of shift that focus like that. But the biggest thing I want to say is that I've had a eye-opening experience about being open. It feels like that's your mom's goal and it's the exact thing you want. Mm-hmm. So as both of you are working on it, it's so inspiring. I'm going to send my mom the podcast because she's going to hear me talking about her. And she definitely knows that in my 40s, we still work in it. And this is what I, I say to my mom. I think it frustrates her a little bit, but I said, mom, cause I think she thinks I, she just wants me to let it go. She's like, you know, stop nutting it out. And I said, mom, I don't want to be average. Like everybody else just lives in the dysfunction. Like everybody else just goes, okay, well I'll let it be mediocre, but I want it to be extraordinary. And whether you two want it or not, you're on your way to extraordinary. I can just feel it. Cause you keep talking about it. So 
Thank you so much for um, this inspiring conversation. We've never had a mother-daughter team on the podcast before. I think it's really special. Um, I don't think it's super easy to do. They're both in different rooms to make it better. So well done, you two. I think Mackenzie, she did a very appropriate interrupt. So she kept, I thought she did real well there. Um, and I just want to thank you guys so much. And I'd love you guys to come back because I feel like we've only just begun. So thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Don't forget to join the community at bit.ly slash the Nat and Sarah show to download your three-step journal and participate in weekly lives found only in our private group. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You've got to rate and review the show. And I know all the podcasts are always asking this. And in the past, I wasn't doing it. And the reason I wasn't doing it is because I actually didn't know how to do it. So open your podcast player and click on our show from your library, not the listen now. That's where I was going wrong in the past. So now that you know how to do it, when you go there, make sure you give us a five-star review. Five stars, five stars, five stars. And then click on write a review link to actually write a review so that you can tell other people that we're legit and even funny, maybe a bit serious. So if you want to recommend this to someone, you have to put your fingers on the keys and send us a review. Thanks.